Welcome to The Filmasteins, the podcast where we discuss all things movies. Join us as we dive deep into the latest releases, revisit classic films, and explore the art of cinema. Whether you're a film fanatic or just love a good flick, we've got you covered. From Hollywood blockbusters to indie gems, we'll be breaking down the storytelling, cinematography, and everything in between. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready for some cinematic magic. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level, where the $20 tier grants the ability to request films for future episodes. This is The Filmasteins, where movies are more than just entertainment, they're an experience. Hello, you guys, and um, welcome back to another segment of, I still don't know what this segment's going to be called, but welcome back. In this segment, we analyze, we explore, we investigate the differences between books and movies. So I am really excited today for The our... Jungle Book. No. You ready? You want I'm me ready. To say it, or do you want me to pull it out? We are just the Filmasteins. We know nothing about anything. Except we know how to read, or at least one of us does. And we know how to speak, I guess. We know how to open our mouths and have words come out and yeah. have them somewhat coherent. Yeah. Someone can understand us. Can we understand each other? Can you Can you understand me? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. That's good. Sometimes it's pretty good. Sometimes, Sometimes I, I can't understand literally everything that comes out of some you know some yeah. people's mouths i'm like i not really mean? sure what you're saying but i'm just gonna nod and grin especially like british people mm-hmm. i'm like mm-hmm. smile and wave tau tau what is I'm that like, i don't know what that is hello 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 you want a tattoo see i'm like what mm. how are you doing today though i'm feeling a bit under the weather? Why is that an expression? Under the weather. Yeah, we're always under the weather. Yeah. The weather happens above us. Exactly. So why are we under the weather? It's kind of silly. It's a very silly expression. But, you know, sinus season, allergy season, the worst. That's all year in Mississippi for different people. I used to have it real bad in September. That was my month. Yeah. October. But I haven't. October for two. Yeah. You get it twice a year? Oh, I get it Four three or five times, times a year. <laughs> At least, at least three times. If I got it more, if I got it three times, I considered it a good year. Good. Yeah, I hardly get it really at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Runny nose here and there, a little bit of mucus, but no, oh, it's the never pressure. bothers me. Pressure yeah, no pressure really me. anymore. Oof. Yeah, I hear that. But anyway, I heard that you have a surprise for me today. I do have a surprise for you. I am so excited for this episode. Are you ready for... I'm ready. I don't know what she's about to say. I don't know what book she's about to whip out. She says, I'm going to be shocked. And I've tried my hardest to not strangle it out of her. Because I want to know. So for today's episode, we are covering Jaws. Jaws. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Was that the Jaws sound? That was an attempt of the Jaws sound. It's like... There you go. <laughs> See, my version was the sped up, sped up version. Dunna, dunna, dunna. Yeah, that, that, yeah, the ending, where it's already super intense. <laughs> no build up. There's a book. Yes, there's a book. 
So the book was published in February 1974 by Peter Benchley. The book has 278 pages. So not a big... A small book. Yeah, not a big book. Let me pull out the book so you can look at the um, cover. And that's not the original cover. This I figured, is, yeah. This is a, a... The original cover is actually hilarious. And, you know, I'll try to show you sometime. But the Jaws... Uh, Bruce, dude, which he doesn't have a name in the book. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but he's—he just basically looks like a torpedo attacking uh, what could possibly be a figure of a girl oh, at the top. So it's—it's it's rough looking. The mm. first was cover. it illustrated by the author? No, it was not illustrated <laughs> by the author. <laughs> but oh, it could have been. Yeah, I wouldn't have claimed that as the book as the cover designer. So the movie released in June 1975. Big so, hit. So about like a year, you know, a year, a few months. Yeah, after so they the were. Came out. They were happening concurrently. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, so the film producers actually read the book before it was. Uh, it came out in public publication. Yeah. And then they bought a. They bought the movie rights. And then they bought a bunch of books as soon as it came out, came out and then gave it out to everybody. That's cool. So it was kind of like a when your book releases, you have your own like advertising for it yeah. with the movie. I mean, I thought it was really cool. I didn't know any of this happened. I guess I wasn't there when the movie came out. I wasn't even an idea. That's true. Yeah. Your dad was six. He was six. He came. He was born in sixty nine, right? Sixty nine, yeah. So he was about six years old. Holy crap! <laughs> he didn't even nothing. He didn't even know he was gonna be a father. That's yeah. That's true. <laughs> so the book and the movie share the same premise. You know, a great white shark attacking a resort beach town place during the summer. There are three brave or stupid men, however you want to say. Brave it. is a lot of times kind of stupid. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're trying to catch it and kill it. But the book has a lot of, you know, details and elements that the movie... I don't want to say the movie misses because I don't think it's a miss. I think this movie is an awesome film by itself without any of the extra details from the book. But I do think some of these details are pretty, like, juicy and kind of awesome to read as, like, a companion piece of what could have been for this film. So, he was inspired by sharks. Apparently, uh, Peter eventually went to Nantucket a lot in the summers, and there was a lot of wildlife, and then um, a lot of water wildlife. Marine life? Yeah, marine life. There you go. Thank you. And um, I guess that kind of got him thinking about sharks, and what if there was this giant shark that attacked a town? And just wouldn't go away. Like, kind of that scary plot. And that, that kind of sparked. Yeah, worst case scenario. For getting in the water. <laughs> or swimming in the water. Um, yeah, so he was inspired by this other film called Blue Water White Death. And he claims it's like the best shark movie to have ever. Blue Water White Death? Yes. And it's by this guy named Peter Gimble. And then he was also inspired by this book called Blue Meridian by also another guy named Peter. So I just thought it was funny that the movie 
this additional book. And then Jaws were all written by guy named Peter. Peters. That's so funny. I guess Peters, if you're Peter, you're a... It's a common name, it sounds like. A shark like. dude. Or really. a shark dude, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a water dude. That's funny. And um, at the time that this was written, nobody really knew anything about sharks. Shark knowledge wasn't as advanced as it is now, obviously. So um, he mentioned in the introduction of his book how if he would never rewrite a book like this because he doesn't give the shark enough justice and I don't know. He's he like, said that? He's gone on the record and say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Who the fuck was asking him? Introduction of his book. What? That's piece of fiction come on <laughs> but um i guess he wasn't really confident he wasn't about the book because wow. who caught wind of the book to make you know people who was were involved in making the movie i'm not sure because that person R- yeah he's raised yeah he's that person brought it to spielberg i thought i wrote his name down but i guess i didn't yeah he, w- he wasn't confident about this book because not only was it his first book but it was a book about fish and you know who was gonna read that but yeah. um it really helped that the movie was coming out <laughs> and then when the book did come out a lot of critics went overboard with a lot of the comments saying about how it was a um you know a book about capitalism and you know that's cool it it was a uh how do you say that like a allegory or representation or something of w- the watergate scandal and um that's cool they were like they got oh that out of that <laughs> huh? yeah like people were getting this and he that's he's just cool. like okay cool yeah say what you want but i just wrote this that's a sign of a successful <laughs> piece of art getting those kind of angles out of it yeah. that's very nice very like nice men bonding and i mean he, yeah. he was getting all these things from critics yeah. and he was just like all right keep keep commenting and like, the movie definitely ran away with some of that yeah yeah i agree so in the introduction of the book he also wants to say that there's two shark facts that he knows now and that's why he would never you know recreate this book the first one is that sharks avoid humans whenever possible Mm -hmm. so that's why something like this wouldn't yeah who was asking him like about (laughs) would you change this do you feel like you have the need to like you know to make this more accurate what who the fuck was asking him that and like at what point do authors feel like they need to put in introductions is it when they come out with the oh as next far as edition as far as fiction i don't know yeah i don't know yeah no idea i've come across a lot of books like in ender's game that we covered last time he states in his introduction he's like i don't really think this book needs an introduction but i was hmm. forced to write an introduction so here's my introduction maybe it's an editor thing maybe it's just a modern like in the last 20 years type thing yeah. where we need that who wrote he wrote the introduction P- peter did uh, he peter, wrote his own yeah. introduction yeah he wrote yeah. the introduction i yeah. guess that's right that's that's a good point some some books have the introductions written by other usually yeah yeah other people usually some editor or friend or you know colleague type thing yeah it seems like a lot of classics often will have introductions especially like like a lot of books that are you know allegorical and have some kind of philosophy mm-hmm. embedded in it. a lot of them have introductions like ayn rand stuff or david foster wallace yeah i guess and did you know we are talking about sorry we are talking about fiction so mm-hmm. did it have a table of contents that's pretty uncommon too to for a piece of fiction to have a table of contents right? i don't think it did 
Because, you know, I'm always quick. That's what I always open. It's the table of contents in a book. Check it out. Okay, so this does have a table of contents only because at the end there is some, like, bonus content stuff. Okay. So, it's the introduction. The content is... Uh, Pretty bare. Here's the introduction. Here's where the book starts. And then here's okay. the bonus content. Okay, yeah. So, so, hardly anything. Yeah, hardly anything. So, I want to start off with the characters. So, we have our main guy, Brody. Brody. And in the movie, you know, he's he's heroic. He's, you know... Sort of, yeah. He's got... They give him a pretty good flaw. <laughs> they make him afraid of water. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he lives on an island. He is afraid of water yeah. in, in the book, too. So yeah, that's good. That's good they kept that. And he's he's a good guy. He's just trying to be... He's trying to do good. He's trying yeah. to save people. But in the book, they kind of make him go through a midlife crisis sort of feel... Yeah. And um, he's just really concerned about getting old. Mm. And, um, so a little more of a character study already. Yeah. He's like extremely reminiscent of his youth. He's like, he's having dreams of making out with his uh, hmm. high school sweetheart. Yeah. Like, he's super jealous of Cooper. Who's Cooper? I mean, Hooper. Oh my God. Oh, uh, Hooper. I put Cooper in my notes. <laughs> Why'd you put Cooper? dumb <laughs> i'm a film stein i thought you're thinking of agent dale cooper oh that's funny no no i put hooper, hooper. maybe stupid autocorrect corrected it maybe. when i typed it but yeah he was like super he's... jealous of hooper and um he like looks at girls at the beach and he's always thinking about like and i mean not only the girls the boys too he's like oh look at them with their blemish-free skin and their tanned legs and you know their perky boobs you know like hmm. this guy i mean they they go a little hard on him missing his youth missing out kind of hooper um i didn't know really how to describe him in the movie maybe you can help me out with this but in the book they make him tall dark and handsome like he's just he's very good looking very rich I know in the film he's kind of a little bit, a little bit of a know-it-all kind of, even pretentious about his. Yeah, it comes off. It comes across kind of like the son from Tetris that we just watched. Little maybe in over his head, you know, thinks he's a know-it-all. It comes from money, mm-hmm. you know, has an, a, you know in quotes education, but it's never not not a lot of like boots on the ground experience. Yeah. And in in the book, he, he's kind of like that too. Kind of like that too. He, I wouldn't call him tall and handsome in the movie. Though. No, he's he kind is of a not, nerd, no, right? He's like twenty, twenty two, something like that. He's like super young, mid twenties or younger. Yeah. Um, he's like blonde. He's got those beautiful eyes. Like they go very detail in his looks, and that gives a reason on uh, Brody being like extremely jelly. Yeah. They hate each other in the book. Hmm. you know which is you know the the bromance is, is something from the movie that i like of course yeah so uh that that was a bit different them just hating each other have nothing to want to do anything with each other they just have to kill the shark and yeah, they need each other it sounds like they really the author took the angle of these unlikely heroes coming together to finish their quest mm-hmm. he took that yeah. angle you know to the nth plus one degree and in the movie we didn't it's still similar to that but it's it is more of a kind of bonding a, a man to man bonding mm-hmm. experience and 
I mean, it's just kind of expresses a lot of masculinity, the yeah. whole experience. And we get a little bit of texture out of everyone, especially Quint. We probably get the most texture out of Quint in the movie. Plus, we probably get a lot out of the book. Oh, oh man. Just you wait till I get to Quint. Next I have on my character is Ellen, Brody's wife, which we don't get much of her in the um, film, but yeah. in the book, she's a big character. She's she comes from the rich summer community. Her parents were rich. So um the reason she knows Amity is because that's where they summered every year. She's friends with all the rich people. And then um she married Brody, who was not a rich person. He lives in the town, so he's he's broke. He's poor. He's you know, one of the ones relying on the rich people to come in to give, you know, the tourism money hmm. to the town. So they didn't come from New York in the book. So they didn't come from New York. She did, I guess. Well, she did, yeah, but they didn't, like, yeah. together. They didn't move from right proper New York to the island. Right. Yeah. Off the coast. Wow, okay. And also, uh, minor, very minor, but in the book, they have three kids. In the film, they only give them two kids, which is weird. In the book, they're not they're not uh, important either. They just, we, we see them, like, three or four times when they're having dinner if we even see him that much and in the movie i mean we have a couple of scenes with them but you know why why give him one less child is it just one less child to work with <laughs> yeah that might have been the case you know <laughs> yeah that absolutely may have been the the case i guess we have that one scene with michael in the water on his boat yeah that's kind of the whole point of them being included in the movie yeah is that one bit and to build like tension of like your kids are in the water. Right, right. You know, for this to really for the movie to really hit home, you know, your main character needs kids. If it's gonna be a resort town, everybody's playing in the water. Your, your character, main character's gotta have kids. He needs to protect. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Quint, Quint doesn't show up until like the very end of the book. Basically, we have no Quint. He's mentioned maybe one time, like, oh yeah, that fisherman that you know might be able to help us, and like that's it until the very end. And in the book, he's very, he's very reserved, very quiet. He's got some <laughs> one-liners that are pretty funny. He's like, he's pretty funny in the book. Did they take anything out of the book, quote-wise, for Quint? No, like... Because he's got great lines in the movie, yes, too. <laughs> he does, and he, he does it in the book. Like, wow. it, they did him awesome in the film. Like, Quint is my favorite character in the film. Quint, Not in yeah. the book. <laughs> Not at all. So, I mean, I... I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they gave him, you know. That's funny because Quint almost didn't do the movie too. The main, the character, um, so Paul Paul Newman is that his name? No, What's uh, his? Robert Shaw. No, Robert Shaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robert Shaw. Yeah, he, he thought it was stupid. Thought the script was stupid. Because <laughs> <laughs> he comes from a very proper theatrical background. Oh, okay. He did a lot of Shakespeare, if you remember. Yeah, that's right. And so he did. He did not see this going anywhere, which was, you know, I'm glad he. I mean, I'm personally glad he stuck with it because he's awesome, but he probably also made um, a lot of money and got a lot of exposure, although he did pass away, I think, two years after this film. Yeah. So, But he was part of the revolution, the, you know, the spear tip of what blockbusters would you know go on to look like. Wow. And he became, because, I mean, Jaws is arguably, you know, the first blockbuster ever. And at the time, before Star Wars happened in 1979 or whatever, would make the most money ever out of a film too so it was, a, it was a big deal and it was the first film ever advertised on tv mm -hmm. and 
it just kind of revolutionized it modernized what we know what we now know how we kind of understand what movies look like yeah from trailers and ads being everywhere and you know just the whole the whole cycle of it all it's very and I very mean, important film that's very and awesome film thank god <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, an important film and awesome yeah i mean quint is probably a lot of people's favorite character and yeah. he's got this like awesome monologue i mean he's he's awesome in the film but not in the book nope like i'll be surprised if quint is anyone's favorite character in the book that's crazy that's yeah. i mean that's crazy our next character is harry meadows which i'll be surprised if you even know who that is is that the mayor no that's larry vaughn harry meadows is also very important in the book and he's i think he was maybe mentioned one time in the movie if he was at all um, he's the newspaper editor and um, the police and the newspaper, the media play a huge role in the book and their um, their relationship on how they kind of try to cover each other's asses. And when it doesn't work out, like <laughs> they throw each other under the bus. I mean, it's he's he's very important. He's um, he's a big guy. He eats a lot. He's very outspoken. And I don't think we got any of that in the film. So Yeah, I, mean, I don't remember him at all. Which I guess they didn't try to play into any of those elements that he's a part of in the book. So it makes sense not to have him mm-hmm, in yeah. the film. And then we had we do have Larry Vaughn, also plays a big part in the book. Um he's the mayor and um he's got a very shady past in the book. He, that makes sense. He is very um adamant about keeping the beaches open like yeah. he is in the film yeah he's the he's the for the first hour of the film he's the hurdle he is the shark he's the land shark yeah you know and they gotta take he him down before they can get a crew together and risk their lives and him be okay with that yeah and that's pretty much what he is in the book except in the book we get a little bit on why he's doing that more of a background not just uh, you know money yeah in the movie he's definitely just a representative of corporatism yeah the book gives him a bit i guess a bit more makes him a little more human yeah well no not totally but not totally but i mean reading the book overall i thought it was a great book um that's good it was very dark in the descriptions on how the deaths happen and there are multiple deaths in the book as opposed to the movie i think there's only two i think there's the girl in the beginning and alex the little boy i don't think there's any more Besides, you know, the end. That dog, I guess. That Yeah, that's right. The, the dog. And surprisingly... Oh, the, uh, the guy where Michael was in the pond and the guy was like in a canoe or whatever, a kayak, and the shark was coming up behind him and he was like, hey, what are you guys doing? He got got to. He got got to. Okay. So like three, three, three people three in people. the first half. Okay. And then Quint, of course. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, there's a few more deaths. Not not quite as many as you would think the book has some pretty great lines it made me laugh didn't make me cry which i don't think that was its intent you know it's kind of it's just a suspense suspenseful book which is a very suspenseful suspenseful film and that's that's really an element that can get captured better in film yeah Especially because you can see how dire things are becoming, mm-hmm. and the and the book was a, 
because there's a there's a point in the movie i don't know maybe 20 minutes before it ends it almost feels like they're not gonna win you get that in the book you do but funny you meant you say that because in the film they go out to sea to get the shark the shark and they're there until they get them in the book they come back home they come back home every night and it takes them like three or four days to kill the shark but oh man they, they're out there for hours trying to get them and they're like ah today's not the day guys let's go home and then they go home and sleep in their own beds and then come back and try again so quentin doesn't break the radio in the in the, in the no, book he doesn't break the radio in the yeah, book we kind of have a so i guess quentin doesn't have this like thing to no. prove in the world oh uh, that's funny they really took a like, completely different turn uh, he he did for a a couple of sections that because you know he's like in the film he's trying to get paid for this that's his big big thing like i'm a fisherman i'm gonna do this job for you i'm gonna get paid as much money as i can get out of you i think they gave him like four hundred dollars or two hundred dollars something a day or something like that for however long it takes him to catch it and then at some point he's like you know screw the money i just want to get this motherfucker so he does have a little bit of that but that's about it He's not crazy though. He's he doesn't get too crazy, no. Because he's like borderline kind of unstable in the movie. He his big thing, especially when he reveals his past. It's like, what? Yeah, he has no past in the book, which is lame. Yeah. But um, that's so funny. That's so funny that they. His, his big thing is you know, uh, fish are just dumb. Any fish is catchable. Mm. And then he kind of goes into this. I'm catching him. I'm catching him. I'm catching him. Wow. He, cause it's, again, that's complete opposite. He respects the hell out of Bruce. Yeah. In the movie. I think that was part of Peter, uh, when he heard about the film and uh, I think Spielberg gave him some of the script and let him like take a look at it, let him, you know, kind of collaborate. And he told him like, Hey, okay. I know in the book, I kind of made him this like fish. That's just kind of, uh, a man killing fish but can we give him a little bit more can we respect his intelligence a little bit more in the film and i think they did that um unlike the book he's just a dumb fish which i think quint in the book also appreciates because he spends the whole time telling brody and hooper like this is just a dumb fish we got to catch him and then uh, hooper's kind of like but they're pretty smart he's like no that's just there's no smartness to them that's just how they are like they're just a machine. They're just a machine. And then, I mean, even till his death, which he does die in the in the book, he's still like, well, it's just a fish. <laughs> that That's good that they gave him, him the fish, the shark, some intelligence. But um, the book is also a little bit raunchy. It's a little, like, sexual in some, some scenes, some parts, hmm. which kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, the only ounce of that we get in the movie is the first five minutes, and but it doesn't go anywhere because the girl dies yeah. immediately, you yeah. know? But the teenagers, they're getting naked, they're getting the water, and then dead. <laughs> yeah, so um, Martin, Brody Martin, and some of the other cops are reading books called, I think the book he was reading was called Deadly Virgin or something, and just kind of like like small sexual things like that you know like when the girl died they're like well was she on her period like (laughs) what was she doing you know (laughs) and then when they go to find the girl you know when they're looking for her they see her clothes out there because in the 
in the book, the guy and the girl are, you know, they're having sex and their clothes are gone. And then after they, they're done, the guy's like, I'm gonna take a quick nap. And she's like, I'm gonna go out swimming before, you know, we go back inside. Hmm. And so her clothes are laying on the ground and, you know, they're like, do we just have a, like a hot naked girl walking around in town? Like, what is this? You know? That's funny. Yeah. It's, I could see Steven Spielberg kind of vetoing that because he, his films are not in any way erotic. Hmm. I don't, okay. think, I don't think any of his films have any ounce of eroticism. Oh. Huh. Okay. Yeah, he's pretty family-friendly on some level. <laughs> well, I guess Jaws... I mean, I would say Jaws is pretty fam- family-friendly, but it's not, you know, you know... I don't know. Yeah, besides the this the uh, jump scare, which I think that's pretty family-friendly. You should always... Yeah, I, don't, I would have a hard time defining family-friendly, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> like, it's just... But I can see some... Uh, some mom just eh, you scared my kid like now he won't get in the water i don't know yeah. do you remember the scare in the movie when hooper's down looking at the yes <laughs> do i re- that's I, i'm telling you that's one of the very few jump scares that have made me scream out loud that like I'll, awesome. I'll jump i'll jump you know i'm quick to all jump all day jumping yeah all day jumping i'm quick to jump during a jump scare but scream out loud <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> that was that's on a whole another level and i can't remember who i saw in an interview that loved the film so much that they would take their friends to go watch it or watch it at home or whatever and they they're just watching them during that jump scare like waiting for them to get scared so that's funny it's pretty unexpected yeah i can the- only imagine how it went that's funny in the movie theater yeah especially in the 75 yeah. jesus christ <laughs> i think the exorcist came out in 74 okay so we didn't i mean scary stuff was just getting going there was before that i don't know if anything was even scary or is mary's baby i don't know it's pretty that's a good film that'd be a good remake of a film today by ari aster of course have i seen that i don't know rosemary's baby yeah, i don't think i've seen that probably not i think it came out in 19 19- 1970 it's like the first it's not i don't know it's probably not the first but it's like the first big satanist film oh okay i think with demons and stuff it's very it's very cool but it's very old it's too old now to (laughs) yeah it's hard to watch it's hard to watch you gotta be you gotta be ready for that kind of thing i can't just put it on and but i can see a remake of just like alien or and the exorcist Mm -hmm. i can see a remake of those working so well today oh my god Especially with some practical effects. Yeah. Alien. Oh my God. They can just reuse the ships and Alien. Just give us a little bit of acting with the side characters mm-hmm. and a better alien, and we've got a masterpiece on our hands. Yeah. I'll agree to that. So, one of the biggest plots in the book is Brody and Ellen's marriage. Okay. Which different. We, yeah. Very different. And um, she's unhappy. She hates his guts. I mean, they got married like four months after they met each other wow she wow okay yeah and um you know at first she was like oh i like him because he's a very simple masculine i mean he was a cop so that kind of like you know she liked that she yeah, turned yeah, okay. around a bit yeah. that he was a cop he was just simple and when they first started dating he was just like yeah all i want in life is to you know have a couple kids take them fishing and um maybe vacation every two or three years and she's like, oh, my gosh, this is so different from, you know, the elite circle and blah, blah, blah. So they got married. And um, 
you know, it, it hit her that he couldn't support the lifestyle that she had and she thought she was going to be okay with that, but then she wasn't. So she's very unhappy. She hates her life. They're always bickering. Like there's never a moment when they're not bickering. And um, I guess except the end, but um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, do you get, you kind of get a, I feel like you get a little bit of a neutral feeling between them. I can't remember any loving moments. It seems pretty neutral in the film. Uh, if it's, it could go one way or the other. Yeah, if it's not neutral, it's a little bit more on the, you know, happier side. You know, she's kind of supportive of what he wants to do in the film. She goes and sees him off when he's going to go on the ship. They're together. They're, yeah. They take the kids to the beach together. I mean, I don't see any, like, hand-holding, kissing, but I think it's a happy 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 marriage they're friends content yeah they're friends and um you know there's seasonal depression and for ellen her seasonal depression are is summer summertime is when she gets the most depressed because she sees all these rich people in town and it's like what could have been yeah moments so um she was happy for a little bit after she had the kids and then they went to school and then she was like completely depressed again. So out of their whole entire marriage, she was not happy besides the beginning for a little bit. And then after her, you know, few years when she had her kids and then that's it. So that's, that's a very different point, which again, I'm so glad they don't put that in the film because it would have been too much. Yeah. It would have been too much. This film is not about Brody and Ellen's marriage. They took a, they took an angle and they ran with it. Yeah. And they stuck to it. Which I like that. I like yeah. that. And so with that being said, Ellen dated uh, Hooper's older brother, David, I think that's his name. Hmm. So they kind of had a little like know each other moment. Like, oh, I know you. You were so-and-so's little kid. And he's like, yeah, I remember you. You were his hot girlfriend. Like, um. There's also a thing in the book that um, Ellen still kept a lot of her youth and she still looks very like she's still really good looking. And that makes Brody even more mad and jealous that she kept her looks. And he's like over here with a beer belly and getting old and, you know, she's still hot. But um, another huge thing in the book is that Ellen has an affair with hmm. Hooper. Hmm. And... um. That's where a lot of the raunchiness comes into. Um, they have they meet up at a um, at a diner and um, she's trying to like get him to hook up with her so she can just relive her past or I don't know you know whatever you do when you're older and you're trying to sleep with younger kids. I don't know younger kids <laughs> younger men. I guess he's not a child. That would be. That would be a different story. That would be a different story. But, um, you know, they're talking about, like, each other's fantasies. And Ellen's like, yeah, one of my fantasies is to, like, to get raped and, you know, get raped by, like, a black guy. Because I heard, like, their, you know, manhood is <laughs> bigger and, like, all these things. And I'm like, whoa, what am I reading? So, you know, none of that is included in the film. So it was, it was just funny. It was just, like, almost like they have nothing to do with each other but um that was a big uh a big plot twist i guess and then 
after they're having the affair, Brody, like, you know, hates Hooper even more because he's very suspicious on, hey, where were you Wednesday? And then, you know, he was like, oh, I was just at the hotel. And then, you know, Ellen's like, he asked Ellen, where were you? Because you were supposed to be at work, but they called me and asked me if you were okay, if you were feeling better. So when I called the house, you weren't there. And she's like, oh, I was just asleep. So, <laughs> you know, that kind of sparks a lot of hatred towards Hooper. Yeah. And there's there's some moments where Hooper's like almost about to tell him like, yeah, I'm sleeping with your wife, dude. And Hooper like strangles him. I mean, there's violence. And um, it happens on the ship. And so Quint's like, <laughs> he's having a laugh yeah. at that. So, you know, just bits and pieces of what Quint could have could have been and then i guess i did talk about the relationship between the media and the police that they have this they call it the amity understanding and i don't think that was brought up in the film no, i don't think so but it's basically an understanding of you do whatever you got to do for the good of the community yeah and they, they definitely played into that a little bit yeah but it's kind of all at the mayor's all in the you know the right. mayor's call yeah, in the book, it's everybody. Everybody in the town is doing this because they rely on the tourists. I mean, I don't know how much percentage of the money they get during the summer gets them through the year. If they have a bad summer, they have a bad winter. So it's... Yeah, I can't even imagine. It's probably yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's all hands on deck during the summer. And, yeah. you know, closing the beaches to the shark is hurting everybody. I mean, some places are closing... There's actual shops closing and, um, you know, people are getting fired. So there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of anger and, you know, a lot more pressure for Brody to do the right thing, but also look out for the community, which we do see that in the film. You know, both sides, both pressures coming in. Yep, absolutely. Struggles with that. I think in the book, there's four or five deaths. You know, the lady in the beginning, and then the little boy. There's the old guy, too, that dies, like, two minutes after the little boy. He went, got the little boy, and then circled around and got the old man, you know. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's just funny. And um, uh, there's a guy that uh, Brody sends out to go kill the shark. His name's Ben Gardner. and um, That sounds familiar. Oh, he's probably in the film. But he sends him to go get the fish, the shark, and the shark gets him. And then Grody just, Grody, Brody just feel, feels like super guilty because he's like, dang, if I wasn't so scared of the water, I'd go out there myself. But he sent this guy out and now this guy's wife hates him. Like, you know, a lot more, a lot more drama. <laughs> so Quint also dies in the book. And his death is so, oh, it's so... It's, it sucks. His death is so anticlimactic in the um, in the book. He he dies. He harpoons the uh, shark, and then the rope gets tied around his leg. And he gets pulled in. And he gets pulled in, and that's it. That's Quinn's death. That's the last you see of him. Yeah. Oh my God, man, who took the Quint angle and was like, "This is gonna be the star." Who did that? I wow. know. That's like, awesome. It's like the book did him dirty and the film's like, no, 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 we got to, this this guy, he's got something. Let's give him whatever he's got. Yeah. That's like a proper adaptation. Yeah. It's not a, you know, it's not a movie remake or anything. Like so many, you know, in quotes, adaptations try to do like Ender's Game. They just tried to 
f- put in as much as they can with no creativity cre- no creativity <laughs> but no like forethought to like know where this is might go you yeah know? they just they killed it before it even arrived and yeah. then jaws you know i don't know if anyone ever thought jaws is really going anywhere other obviously you had some remakes has been directors no 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 no, no. Remakes, but some has been directors trying to capitalize on jaws one with the the sequels yeah even brody's character brody's actor was like yeah i'll sign up for number two because he did probably didn't make any money oh he probably made a little bit money but because of the just the craziness of jaws one you know that movie i think with i think that film made over a billion dollars counting for inflation today so it's a big hit especially because you know there weren't as many theaters Back then, oh, is it right that's true. So it's even crazier. Well, another death that did not happen in the um, in the film is Hooper. Hooper dies. Yeah, they kind of tease us with that a little bit. He it looks like he's getting away, but you're, then he doesn't show for a few minutes, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh shit! <laughs> so he yep. dies. So. That's kind of how he dies. He was in his his cage. His cage. That the last day, the third or fourth day, he's like, I'm bringing this cage. And Brody's like, like, hell you are. You're like, no, you're not bringing that in here. And Quint's like, no, you're not bringing that. No. And then Brody's like, or uh, Hooper's like, I'll pay you. And then Quint's like, okay, maybe I'll think about it. And then he offers him a lot of money. He's like, okay, all right, bring it in. You know, you want to die, you die. All right, whatever. And they bring the cage. He gets in the cage. And exactly like it happened in the film, the shark gets through it and then eats him. He like chomps straight, down on his up, torso. Straight up beats him in the cage. Yeah, that's awesome. Chomps down on his torso, and then Hooper's like, "Oh, I feel this pressure," and then dies. And then the you know shark continues. So he he's dead. There's no questioning in the book. Like, hey, maybe he survived. No, no, he's he's gone. So I thought that was cool. So Brody's the only survivor. Did he blow him up? No. Also, one of the biggest letdowns. It's pretty iconic death. part of the movie, too. Exactly. That's crazy. There's like the so two many. most iconic. <laughs> uh, so they get a few harpoons in him. I mean, they're trying to kill this guy since day one. So he's he's hurt. The shark is hurt uh, until the very end. He's mega hurt. And do then, they use the barrels? They do use the barrels. And I think there's a line where Quint says why he's using the barrels. But it was basically to tell him, like, uh, where he was, you know, mm-hmm. but they do use the barrels, and there's also a few um, bait animals that they bring along, and that was a little sad to read about. But you know, they bring a sheep <laughs> to feed the shark, a sheep to lure him in, and then they have a baby octopus, and I mean, <laughs> so they just toss him in the water. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, where did God. you get these things, Quint? That's funny. And then. <laughs> Hooper's like, you know, it's it's illegal to hunt dolphin. How did you get a baby? Uh, what did I say? What octopus? So they did have baby octopus. They also had a dolphin, a baby dolphin. And then Hooper's like, <laughs> where did you get a baby dolphin? And he's like, don't worry about it. Like, what do you think from a, the ocean? A, a mama, like, yeah. it was a fetus. Dolphin. Oh my god! Not even just a baby. You know, it was a fetus. It was unborn. Yeah. So he caught a mama dolphin. Yeah. It was in there. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to save this for last. That's awesome. Yeah. It was (laughs) super creepy. I could have, I could see that working pretty well in the movie. I know. I know. 
that would have been that would have been cool but maybe they didn't want to put an unborn dolphin on yeah film. that would have been pretty <laughs> shocking probably for a lot of people yeah Hooper's like that's illegal it's like and who's asking <laughs> you so that you know some funny moments like that and you know bruce himself anticlimactic death he's just hurt and um he's about to get birdie at the very end and then he just sinks into the ocean because he's hurt and birdie that's how he makes it out alive so it's like wow no nothing blowing up no super anticlimactic so how does the shark die he's hurt he just dies he of just, exhaustion yeah. and bleeding out. Yeah. And, and he just sinks to the bottom. Dang. Like, that's it. Yeah. There's definitely a very happy moment at the end of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a Shakespeare kind of thing, too, is the happy ending. Not Shakespeare, uh, Spielberg. Okay, I was yeah, like, Shakespeare. Yeah, not Shakespeare. Like, I gotta think about that one for a second. Yeah, hang on, hang on. I'm in, Sp- <laughs> I'm in Spielberg. It's <laughs> like, what? But, yeah, like, super anticlimactic. And it's like, okay, well... Birdie goes home and then um Ellen realizes that you know she didn't need this she hates her life boy and like she all of a sudden appreciates Brody oh she appreciates him yeah she appreciates him a little more but he is mad so you know they didn't they didn't continue this for me so I gotta kind of fill in the gaps of whether he stays mad or they forgive each other or what yeah so the sharks have not been killed at home. Yeah. Is is there a second book? I don't I think so. I'd assume not out of for this. I didn't look it up though. So maybe. And then let's see. There's a mafia in the book that's part of Larry Vaughn's persistence to keep the beaches open. The mafia owns a lot of the beach houses in hmm. the town. And they're under Larry Vaughn's name. So he, um, his wife was sick and needed various treatments and he needed money. So he made a deal with the devil and they put him down as his name. Like they put his name down on all the properties and, um, he was owing the money because nothing was selling, nothing was booking. Um, so that was a lot of where the pressure came in and, uh, the mafia went even as far to kill Brody's cat to kind of open the beaches. I'm going to kill your cat, you know? Oh my God. So there's a little bit of that into it, which is it, it, they, it just wasn't like, this book is not about that. Like it just, it didn't feel like, yeah, that seems a little silly. It was very <laughs> silly, but it was still fun to read. The, uh, the, the vacation town relying on vacationers is kind of enough, I feel like, because yes. it's that's a very modern necessity for some towns. Yeah, I th- it's, it's just, like seventy five percent of like their winter. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Yes, yeah, so many countries are supported by tourism. Yeah, so, so the mafia angle just it, it didn't need to be yeah, there. Yeah, that, that seems like a little that gets a little silly. It was still fun, and like Larry's like trying to hide, and he's like, "I'm leaving," and it wasn't too important it just completely wasn't necessary but it was there and i'm glad they didn't put that in the movie either mm-hmm. that would have been yeah if it was already forced in the book yeah. it would have been super forced yeah, yeah, in the yeah. film yeah they they had a vision of the movie 
That's crazy. I did not know Jaws was a book. The movie's many times more famous. Yeah, for sure. And for a variety of reasons. I guess it, it it didn't even let the book fly on its own because they came out at practically the same time. Yeah, they definitely didn't complement each other's sales, I would imagine, on the level. You know, co- comparatively, because Jaws is just... Doesn't oh at the time there was just nothing else like it, and so mm-hmm. I can't imagine the book holding much of a candle to that. Yeah, I imagine the book was probably more successful with the movie because of the movie than it you know otherwise, because otherwise it would have just been probably another fiction book that was released into the wild mm-hmm. and had to fight for its own. But it had that had that movie. Yeah, because I wonder, I wonder when they were promoting it, were they you know how we used to get a lot of that inspired by the classic book or whatever stuff like yeah. that i wonder if it had that thing going for it too yeah i don't know although it wasn't a classic book because it came out six months before <laughs> but, <laughs> That's but, true. I could, but they would have said that of course yeah yeah i mean honestly like the the book had some of the darker elements like it, it told you like the first girl got her um i think her arm eaten first and then she like went down and touched and saw that her arm was missing <laughs> and she's like freaking out and yeah. then you know the little boy like he like looked down and his torso was gone and like yeah. or like the uh, his legs were gone and all he saw was his torso yeah. so i mean That's you know awesome. it had it had that which i i like that yeah like the nub and the blood and yeah you know but and again i don't i think spielberg is a little tamed in that department too he doesn't like that that super graphic mm-hmm. gore and stuff because it it can be a little, you know, spectacle-oriented, and Spielberg is not about the spectacles. Yeah. You know, he doesn't... The most spectacle-oriented movie he has made is probably probably Jurassic Park. And oh, that's, yeah. you know, it's kind of warranted, because it's kind of, you know, a cautionary tale, so you have to... That's true. ...kind of put that on its head, or put that up in the front row, I guess, because you, you kind of need to be you know, scared on some level. Yeah. Or at least feel guilty of what you've created. No, for sure. I mean... Although that would have been cool in the movie. And we get we get a little bit of an exaggerated exaggerated deaths in the movie because that girl in the very beginning, she, uh, she like, gets grabbed and she's, like, swirling around in the water and stuff and it's, like, really kind of fun. And then I think the little when the little boy dies or the little girl in the movie. It was, it was, it was the li- a little boy, Alex. Alex. When Alex yeah. dies, all that blood splits up you know like a big fucking fountain of blood coming out and it's like i don't think that would happen like that in real life so i appreciate the exaggerated nature of it because it builds to the exaggerated you know nature of this particular shark Mm -hmm. because he he is because yeah i mean because i think he's you know he's kind of representative of an unstoppable evil Mm -hmm. eating force killing for is just psychotic on one level you know and but you know intelligent obviously you know i don't but i don't think anyone's going to question these evil forces not being intelligent i think most evil things are probably extremely smart that's true so kind of needs one needs the other on some level but i don't know i would have i would like to see a remake i I could see a remake being awesome of this Closer i really could towards the book elements i think i would want to see that i would want to see the gore 
the person looking down her hands missing and yeah. she's still alive or but would you want Bertie's whole angle midlife crisis ellen's and her and helen and him's failing marital marriage, problems marital problems and i think Hooper I being would. sexy and quint maybe not being as important i would want that but i would want the quint being yeah. a bigger role i yeah. think he's too too important for it not to be i would want the marital problems yeah um i would not want mafia elements um yeah that would be silly but like the the sheep and the baby dolphin and that'd be good yeah i could see th- that would be good <laughs> i could see the added elements of a little more graphic and horror maybe maybe a little more raunchy with jokes and stuff here and there and then like those the bait the sheep the dolphin embryo and yeah those are, that could be fun but yeah, i don't know if i would want more shark because the the book and both the film don't have we don't see a lot of the shark yeah which like is... we get perspective you know like the underwater camera looking up at the girl's legs yeah, and... legendary shots yeah how, but how we do don't you, see the shark how genius can you get you know all these feet and legs underwater kicking and stuff and there's just shark moving like back and forth serpentine and just like it's mm-hmm. spooky stuff and like in the book it's 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 a very it's very similar in the way that it's like and the tension changed in the room like kind of deal so you know it wasn't like here's a shark and here's where he swam to it was very like you know little alex is floating on his raft and all of a sudden his leg gets pulled in so you know i think they kept that uh the same that's good so i don't know if a remake i would want more shark or if i would still want some of those like hidden yeah definitely i would say not more shark less is more in those kinds of situations gotta yeah. build that shit up yeah earn it we earned that shark tearing apart quint at the end you know <laughs> yeah that's true you know sure he doesn't look amazing he still looks really good for 1975 without glasses he probably looks you know as good as a gift <laughs> but he uh sure he could look a little better like if you touched him up with use basically the same shark and touch him up with some cg he'll mm-hmm. be you know he'll be timeless at that after that but we earned that that yeah that scene of him destroying the boat and w- ripping apart gwen it's quint i think the first time we see him in the film is when Brody is dumping out the chum which is awesome and then he's oh, like awesome. looking talking to quint and then even, ah! yeah we see it before, before him does, just yeah. by a split second but like it's so perfect yeah it's perfect that weird you know he's like not center and he's like it's like you just your eyes are just drawn to that open water just obviously because of the shark you know you're anticipating it but like he's not looking like look brody look brody it's like when someone's not you know if someone's looking at their phone on the road or something there it's a fucking stop sign or stoplight and you're like in the passenger seat like what are you doing (laughs) and that that's in the book too so i like that that bit is in the book that's good that's perfect yeah it's good and Quint's like, holy poop's like, look, look. That's you know, funny. he's the passenger. Yeah. I could see a remake happening. Yeah. At some point. There's so many remakes going out. And you, I mean, I think they, I think they've already moved on or moved on with the Harry Potter series coming to HBO. Mm. We'll be seeing that here in the next 24 months, I think. The first season. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. It's going to be crazy. Mm. It's going to be, it has, I mean, obviously it has the potential to be awesome because we're gonna get 
you know, eight to ten episodes, and they want to go seven seasons, and they want to spend at least as much as the later seasons of Game of Thrones. I don't know. I think they missed... The window? The window. They're going to try to create a new window. <laughs> yeah, no. That window's, that window's gone. Like, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. You know, me, I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not excited. Yeah, it's until we see that first trailer, it's going to be hard to be excited for yeah. this. Because, man, those... Those kids, Dumbledore, Hagrid, how or what are they gonna do, man? Yeah, I don't know, cause like just the performances, especially early on, especially early on, those first three movies are so good, performance wise. Yeah, and then are they gonna try to keep it, you know, for you know, family friendly? Like I know Harry Potter's not very explicit, but I doubt it, cause it's gonna be on hbo nothing on hbo is family friendly like you know that kind of family friendly yeah. it's probably gonna be a little what were the movies pg and then maybe pg-13 yeah. later i would suspect these all to be that tv-14 or whatever maybe ma i wouldn't be i wouldn't be totally surprised by an ma rating okay i could see it being a little more graphic at the very least because i mean the books are pretty graphic yeah i would like to see some spells Especially fuck someone up or the disapparate whatever what is it when they when they splice like if they don't do it right oh, splinching splinching yes. yeah yeah that would be sick yeah and like i was gonna say like towards the later of the books uh when you know dumbledore voldemort comes back so maybe order of the phoenix and up there's a lot of deaths a lot of deaths yeah and they could and people you know they're dying everyone's dying and i think the movies try to give it that with the darkness yeah and it's but it's a lot too happening and yeah. just i know they split up the movies too but like it's so much they only split up the last one they should yeah. have split all of them up. but that's that's part that's the one of the cool things that we might get here or we're definitely going to get if they can somewhat pull this off is we'll get you know eight to ten hours for each yeah book. hopefully they got some big harry potter nerds like me and yeah, not the people who wrote velma yeah exactly <laughs> or no, uh, i hope or they're nowhere near any of this or house of dragons house yes of dragons keep trash. those people away get some big harry potter nerds the people who know you, you know they read and reread there's and reread the books there's a lot of them get those people there in your brainstorming sessions at least you know yeah i'm sure some of them wouldn't even care to get paid or not i wouldn't i would just want to sit there and get my ideas heard Facts. so yes. hopefully you know but again i'm not i'm not yeah. i'm like you said, unless we get a trailer, I'm not Yeah, they got to prove themselves. I'm happy to watch the first few episodes, but yeah. don't waste my time like House of Dragon. Never watching that shit again. I don't know if I'm going to watch Snow, the new HB, uh, the new um, Game of Thrones spinoff. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to be watching that. Maybe the first episode, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. They just waste so much on HBO. HBO is not a good place, I don't think. Do you have any final thoughts on Jaws? I don't think this is a which one is better like Ender's Game was because it was pretty much beat for beat what happened in the book what happened in the in the film or try they yeah, tried they, at least you know they're companion not, pieces it sounds like these are totally companion but pieces. these are they're different you can't pick which one was better you know in a way like the Shining Jaws the the film was better because. You just get shark. You just get monster. And I'm a sucker for those kinds of movies. I mm -hmm. don't want the human emotion. I don't want the 
you know if you're gonna make a movie about a big scary thing i want as much of that big scary thing as possible or whatever that big scary thing is doing yeah yeah and i i think i don't maybe argue that the movie is perfect yeah shot for shot dialogue like direction it's not one of my favorite films it's not probably my top 20 or anything but it's (gasps) take that back it might be i'd have to write that down it might be by process of elimination but it definitely doesn't come to mind it's definitely not my top 10 or anything i would but it's an excellent excellent film and just i can't think i'd have to rewatch it and think about every single scene and see how necessary everything was but everything seems so in place so in place it's so exceptionally made and it sounds like just i guess comparing that just the master craftedness compared to the book sounds like there's a lot of weird angles taken in the book yeah with like the mafia and the uh even maybe some of the the family dynamic between mm-hmm. Brody and Ellen that seems a little it's just different it's weird that's I like I like it though I like I like how different they are though yeah. it seems like they took a good angle definitely it's weird and- that it came out only a few months after though less than a year after or whatever yeah about a year and a few months i wonder man i wonder how that came to be that's crazy definitely an inspiration not a full adaptation just yeah what is the definition of adaptation i would i would yeah i feel like i feel like there's like three levels of it does your enders game trying to you know fit as much as possible or your harry potters where they like it's heavily based on the books Mm mm-hmm and then there's this and the shining and a clockwork orange where they take the overarching premise in its entirety but they come at it from a completely different or specific angle that's is in the book but it's it is what the movie is you know it's right and then there's your there's your like Romeo and Juliet that are and then there's Romeo and Juliet that many. are yeah, like a you know West Side Story. It's mm-hmm. not Romeo and Juliet, but it is. You know, it's 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 completely. I guess right. that's the inspired part of it. Yeah. Yeah, or level three or one, whatever direction yeah. you want to go like with. The adapted. Leo, one, and I don't know Leo who the one. girl is. Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. Is yeah. He's in a. He's in a Romeo and Juliet. A Romeo movie. and Juliet movie, and um. Yeah, that's kind of an inspiration because they have a lot of modern things in it. So, you know, it's it's very... Is Titanic kind of Romeo and Juliet? No. No. Mm, hmm, I'd have to think about that. I don't think so. Yeah, especially because... Uh, what's the guy's name? What's Leo's character's name? Uh, Jack. Jack. Especially because Jack is a... Jack. She's just... He's just a fiction of her mind, of Rose's mind anyway. <laughs> she's, he wasn't even real. <laughs> he wasn't even real. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know. And maybe we'll do one on Jurassic Park. Because I read the book mm, semi-recently. And those those have a lot of elements. Yeah. I imagine they take... Well, I imagine the book is probably a cautionary tale too. Yes. It seems like that's hard to avoid in that scenario. But I I imagine I would be willing to bet the second Jurassic Park book is not very good. Just like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you they're probably the same in that way too. Yeah, I think I think when I read it there were a lot of elements that I'm like, "Huh, why did they do this and not this?" So 
That'd be interesting. Yeah, because the movie's a hundred percent cautionary tale. They really because they in the in the movie. Well, I guess we'll get into it later, probably, but another episode in another episode. But isn't um the main bad guy who's in Jurassic World? Yes, he's like a main yes figure in the book in the first Jurassic book. Park. Mm-hmm. But he's like a mega side character in the movie. Yeah, because they're just trying to get you into the cautionary tale part. Yeah, I which, think the chapter starts out with him. Yeah, I think that. The first chapter. The movie does too. Hmm. Aren't they sitting there at the table? Isn't that happen at the very, very beginning? The the big guy with the bar- barber soul can. Doesn't it happen right at the very beginning? I don't think so. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch that. That's a movie I could watch pretty re- regularly. Yeah, me too. Not the others though. Jurassic Park 2, 3, Jurassic Worlds, Garbo. I'd rather eat spoons. Well, that's your opinion, you Filmstein, because I would rewatch all of them. Especially that last one where they all Dominion, huh? Yeah, the most where they recent all, one. Oh uh, my god! Met each other, and I'm like, yay! It's not as bad as the one that came out before that, but I didn't like it. <laughs> the one that came out before that with the they introduced the girl, the clone girl, and oh yeah, that was and they weird. They go to, at the mansion. But I liked it. That was unbelievably bad. I could not <laughs> believe how bad that was. Spielberg is probably at this point embarrassed to have ever been attached to Jurassic Park. But great movie though. Well, there's at least one fan out there. Right here. Or in two, front of me. me and Richard. <laughs> Didn't Richard, he love him? Richard Didn't he him. like it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's fine. Not everyone needs to be a fan. I can't believe he likes he hates <laughs> CG movies. But he's a Everyone likes dinosaurs. You can't go but, too wrong with a dinosaur movie unless it's a good dinosaur. And that was better than I remembered, but not very good still. Yeah, still not very good. Nope. It's about as good as a lot of the Pixar movies, to be honest. I would say a uh, third of the Pixar movies sit around good dinosaur. No, I don't agree with that statement. I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think there's very many, very many good Pixar movies. I don't agree with your statement, but I'd have to list them. I'd have to rate them and list them and see. Maybe we could do a small episode. About all the pig. Which, oh, or who's king? Which Pixar movie? Our the order. Best? That's of, a good. That's a great yeah. idea. That's a great idea. Well, thank you for telling me that Jaws was a book. Is a book. You're welcome. I think in the movie, uh, when you know the opening. Is it in? In the opening. Is it in the movie? Yeah, it says uh, inspired by. Oh, Peter. it says it. Okay, I thought Peter, you were gonna say uh, the book was in like. On Brody's desk or something. Oh no, that'd be funny. That would have been cute. No, yeah. no, it, no. In the opening credits. Okay. It says inspired by Peter Blunt Benchley's. Yeah, I wonder how many people even know that. I didn't know until after I knew there was a book. And then it, yeah, yeah. Because I think I knew there was the book before we watched the movie, so I, I, I had that little secret in the back of my mind. Oh, okay. Did cool. you learn something? Did I learn something? Um, yes. Anything. Did you learn anything in the last 24 hours? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. What did I learn? I don't know what I learned. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I learned something. I learned that in WWE 2K22, when there are multiple people in the ring, I feel like the game doesn't work as well. Oh, you mean learned anything in general? Literally anything, yeah. Oh. Well, I learned that, you know, a thermometer works best when it's done rectal that's a good than one. Yeah. orally yeah, that's because good there's know. a one degree difference when you do it oral 
so so you can just it's like a i guess it's just literally a standard deviation you can just add that on top yeah so that what and what does that tell you what do you also learn by proxy or by a corollary of that you don't share thermometers oh yeah yes yes you never know yeah you never know but thank you for sharing with me all these nice details about draws written by peter blanchy benchley benchley i was thinking blanchett kate blanchett that was in my head yeah okay i learned a lot good i appreciate i appreciate another uh, duo of medium like that it's that's fun i like i really appreciate the different angles because it just it just demonstrates a sense of competence of intellectual Mm -hmm. and creative integrity and honesty and just i love it i love it so much whether they both suck i would still appreciate it even if they both sucked (laughs) i would still appreciate that level because that's that tells me there's a real creative hand at play here and I, i like that I like that yep. a lot. And we have we have two winners. It sounds like it sounds like the book was good. The book was good. Yeah. I liked it. It's hard hard to beat Quint. It's hard so to, hard beat, to Quint. beat Quint. He is he's a legend of cinema. Yeah. Rest in peace, Robert Shaw, man. I know. He is I don't I don't know I'm sure he's in some other good films. I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else, but Yeah, and especially dressed like that. Yeah. I mean Yeah, unrecognizable probably to yeah. a Robert Shaw fan at the time. Any final things you need to tell me? Any final, final, final thoughts that you need to tell me? No final, final thoughts. Stay tuned for the next episode. Do we have a teaser? A teaser. A teaser. Yes. The book is better than the movie. Is that a teaser? No. I'd say most books are probably better than movies. Because I I think, and I say that because I think most books that are turned into a movie because there's not an actual decent source material at play there I, I think there's probably more bad books out there in the wild just because there's you know anyone can write a book not anyone can make a movie that's true but How about magic magic that's my oh, teaser okay that's, that's my teaser. okay magic. that's magic i'll go with that as you give more teasers you're gonna have to like narrow down your teaser my you teaser? can't you can't see magic ever again though <gasps> oh no just, that makes know. sense though yeah that's because if I say magic next time, I'll be like, wait, she already did that. So Yeah, that's lame. Yeah, that is lame. So come up with a, te- a good teaser for the next one. Magic, I already know what it is. You do? Should I say it? Yeah. Um, my guess. You can say your I guess. I don't actually know, but my guess is Aragon. Good guess, but you're wrong. Dang, okay. Yeah, I have no idea then. How to Train Your Dragon? I'm just kidding. You're right. Oh, it's Aragon? Yeah. I can't wait to watch the movie. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you needed to know anyway because we need to watch the movie. Yeah, I would have been suspicious watching this piece of shit movie. I know <laughs> it's bad, but I don't know how bad. Let's watch Aragon. Why? Um, because that's my favorite movie. And then you would have known the lie. Yeah. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives on the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching and keep loving the magic of movies. This is The Film of Steins, signing off.